Hello and welcome to the NLCC Sermon Podcast. In a moment, we'll listen in on a message from our Sunday morning worship service. But first, if this is your first time tuning into NLCC, we would love for an opportunity to get to know you and walk with you in your faith journey. If you're interested in connecting with this church, head to our website, northliberty.cc, and hit the I'm New button or use the links in the description. Our goal is to help you experience the transformational power of God in your life. And we hope and pray that you find that in this message. As we continue our series on our core values and our vision, let me just ask this one question at the beginning. What is our vision? Anybody? Experiencing God, transforming lives. Let's say it together. Experiencing God, transforming lives. That is the vision that we have as a church. We're going to be going into our core values. Last week, Jody talked about uh, uh, guiding biblically. And today, we're going to be talking about pursuing community. Uh, They were the model women, gracious hearts, real servants, superwomen. And when these two sisters heard that Jesus was in the area, they insisted on hosting him for dinner. And so they purposely pursued community with Jesus and the men that had given up everything to follow him. Martha and her sister got busy. They went uh, to the market to purchase everything that they would need to provide a multi-course meal uh, for their guests. And any woman can tell you that this is not an easy task as a lot of men think it is. One uh, needs to plan the menu and make sure that there's enough food for seconds and maybe thirds. You have the the side dishes, you know, the sauces and and the desserts and the bread and the salad and the main course and maybe something, a couple of different things to drink. Anyone who plans a large gathering meal knows that this does not happen by chance. They also have to decide on place settings, seating arrangements, music, lighting, table decor. The cooking must be well-planned, well-timed, and medium-rare. House needs to be in order. Uh, All the pre-cooking dishes need to be uh, washed. The the pets uh, need to to be removed so that guests don't have to pretend like they enjoy a dog licking all over them or a cat rubbing up against their leg. Uh, Floors are swept. The dust and and cobwebs are removed so that you don't have these dust bombs falling off the ceiling uh, uh, fan into your your plate. Uh, The hosts do their best to impress with their dress uh, for guests with a nervous smile and and to pretend they're having this intellectual conversation over the last book they read or maybe the movie that they watched or trying not to talk about politics or religion, uh, multitasking so the guests will be awed by their hospitality skills, right? Martha knew what it took to pull off a dinner party. She knew it would be worth it because she knew that well enough what kind of honor that Jesus deserved. She understood that to have community with Jesus was not to be taken lightly, period. She took this serious. And then 
After sleepless nights and, and, and days of preparation, the day finally arrived. And Mary's and Martha's guests, they filled the home with stories and laughter and the respectful gratitude for their hospitality. Martha is pretty happy right now because her guests uh, have noticed all the details and work that she put into meeting their needs. She took it to heart when Jesus asked his followers uh, to make this pursuit of community a lifestyle or a regular spiritual discipline for oneself along with other people. John chapter 13, this is the scripture that goes along with this core value where Jesus said, a new command I give you, a new command I give you is that you, to, you are to love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by your love for one another, the world, everybody around you will know that you are truly my disciples if you love one another. This is right up her, her lane. This is what she does best. Jesus and the disciples were treated like royalty. The table was set with all kinds of uh, delicious food. The anticipated praises from her guests, you know, I can't wait to dig in. Uh, comments just filled Mar uh, Martha's heart with joy for all of her hard work. But one thing Martha missed is, is the real reason Jesus encouraged community with other believers. Yes, you know, food and drink and worship uh, were, were fellowship were part of it, but something, something was more important than those. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it goes on to say that they devoted themselves to prayer and the apostles' teaching, which was most important, but they all went together. When everything was, everything is going well so far, uh, up until, you know, Jesus is, he's, he's beginning to teach, and, and, and Martha's moving back and forth from the kitchen to the dining room, and she, she, she caught bits and pieces of Jesus' teaching and his wisdom, but something was missing. She wanted so bad to sit down and relax and enjoy the moment with Jesus and the disciples, but she was too distracted uh, and ended up neglecting to, to, the, to the, the pursuit of her own community gathering that she thought was so important to pursue in the first place. She forgot all about why she was doing this. And it became a problem when Jesus started teaching and, uh, and her sister Mary sat down to hear what Jesus had to say. She agreed to host this dinner party and help out with the work, but she sat there uh, soaking up every word that came out of Jesus' mouth, uh, but, and at the same time, allowing her sister Martha to work her butt off, doing the very things that she said she would help do. And what Mary was doing was out of, nor out of the norm here. She, she abandoned Martha to do all the work, and she was sitting there uh, uh, where she didn't belong. She's sitting there with a bunch of men while the teacher taught. She put herself in a position to learn and to be a student of a rabbi which was not allowed in that culture except for Jesus being there and changing the culture of his day to let people know, let men know that women are just as valuable as you are. Jesus wasn't having anything to do with the system that he found himself in as he finds uh, the time to pursue community with everyone, especially the ones that society says not to waste your time with, you know, the undesirables, the people with skeletons in their closets or those who have, you know, different opinion of your, of your own, those struggling with sin, those who don't look like you, the less fortunate, the, the ones who live on the other side of the tracks or the the south side of South Bend, women. Those are the ones Jesus pursued community with. Just look at the people he chose to help be, lead the church. Uneducated Galileans, blue-collar fishermen, chief tax collectors, sinners. 
I mean, what, wasn't that the whole point of pursuing this thing called community by Mary and Martha? Because they wanted to deepen their relationship with other people and with Christ. They wanted to get to know who God was. They wanted to get to know him better. They wanted to be part of something real and alive, something worth living for, and maybe, maybe even dying for. They wanted to have this opportunity to hear and learn from this great teacher, and the only way they knew how to get this was to pursue it because it wasn't gonna be handed to them or offered to them as women in that culture. They took a huge risk as women in that culture that didn't allow such a thing, but, but they were unafraid, and they were, they were willing to sacrifice reputation to sit at Jesus' feet. Yes, it was out of, out of place in that culture, and one of them forgot why they were doing this, right? They, they, why they were taking such risks, but which one was it? Each time Martha ran back and forth from the kitchen to the dining room, she gave Mary, her sister, that look that women usually give their husbands when they do or say something stupid, all right? And she was trying to get Mary's attention while rebuking her with that look. Like, how dare you? But Mary wasn't paying any attention to Martha or the work that she agreed to help do. She wasn't paying any attention because she was focused on something much better, she was glued to Jesus and every word that came out of his mouth. She wanted this relationship with her Lord, uh, so she pursued it without fear, and she wasn't even going to give it up for her sister. Martha was quite irritated, and in her anger, it got the best of her, and so she starts on a, after her sister right in front of all of her guests, including Jesus, not a first good impression she wanted to leave with Jesus. That's why it is so much easier, so much wiser to express how you feel as you navigate biblically through difficult situations you you do that so that you don't look like an emotional bomb going off making yourself look like the fool in the, in, the, in the discussion all right that's what that's what the pursuit of, of godly community offers and looks like for other people Martha he Jesus says uh, Martha says Jesus don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself tell her to help me that's fair isn't it you wouldn't expect or you would expect Jesus to support a good work ethic here, but he doesn't jump on her bandwagon. He, he doesn't care, cater to what she thinks is important. Instead, he rebukes Martha for not focusing on what's most important. He says to her in verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are upset and worried and agitated about too many little things. In other words, Martha, focus. This may be the only time, the only opportunity for you to hear and experience in such a personal setting what real community looks like. So we've got our sporting events and our appointments and, and our workout schedules and our emails and our, our bills to pay. We've got Facebook and Twitter replies or posts. And be careful what you post out there. Side projects to earn a little extra cash. You know, honey to do, a honey-do list to keep your spouse happy. Our, our own family gatherings. Those seem pretty significant. It's easy for us to look at Martha and, and see how oblivious and foolish she was here. She had the Son of God in the flesh in her home. She desired to pursue a relationship with him and everyone there, but she was worried about the drinks and, and the finger foods and how fresh the vegetable tray was. And so if you want to judge her, I'd be careful, unless you're willing to put yourself next to her and compare yourself to her because there's going to be quite a bit of a resemblance. Quite a bit. What, what we worry about, what we stress over, the things that we focus on uh, or, uh, and spend our time doing is no more significant. 
We have just as much access to God that we too neglect for small things and forget about the importance of Christian community and advancing the gospel of Christ. We're too worried about, as Paul would say, stupid things. Church, God has pursued his creation from day one, and we continue to run and hide from him. God wants us to pursue him and one another for the building up of the body of Christ, and we pout because our feelings have been hurt for some idealistic picture of what we think the church or life should look like. We play around at our worship. And we work hard at our worry, our feelings, and our self-image. We spend more time com- uh, collecting information on good books and movies and sport uh, teams and spend little time pursuing God and community with other believers in Christ. We're more concerned about trying to keep up with the Joneses and making our possessions look desirable uh, than we do our own spiritual development or that of our kids or even our grandkids these days. We aimlessly run around instead of focusing. We work instead of listening. We grow rumble and plan instead of worshiping. Jody had a great illustration last week with all that noise as he's trying to read the scripture. I was standing in the back watching every one of you and almost every one of you were so agitated. Like, what the heck? Why don't they turn the noise off? What's going on? I can't hear. You see, Jesus' words are just as pertinent today. You can't neglect it. He says in verse 41, Martha, Mary has chosen the better and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, in other words, your sister is pursuing community with me and her brothers in Christ. You need to take a a deep breath and slow down and sit down and pursue what's most important as well. You see, Christians get into trouble spiritually and morally when we listen to all the other voices that come into our heads rather than the word of God. And that's what Jody was trying to impress upon you last week, to get rid of the distractions all the noise out there, and focus on God. Underneath our floor over here in our gathering area, uh, we have a number of Bible verses, and one of them in particular is this this passage. And it's there because we can get too distracted with worry about preparing meals and programs and how we want to live our lives rather than spending time pursuing God. We're more uh, concerned uh, with how our yards and the exterior of our homes look, how successful our kids are going to look at school, and in the eyes of the world, anything, anything and everything, rather than spending equal time or more time developing a relationship with one another and with God. And if we spent as much time and effort in our worship, our pursuit of God and community, sharing the gospel, fulfilling our God-given responsibilities than we do with planning and preparing and stressing over a meal or non-salvational issues, what difference, church, would that make in the life of the church, our own homes, our communities, our relationships, our world? What would that do if we spent as much passion and time doing that? Church, it's not about the food here. It's anything we place before an opportunity to hear God speak to us through his word or through someone else. It is anything we place before pursuing community with God and his church. And I know, you know there, there's a lot of people that don't believe that this country will ever start persecuting people who actually have a biblical uh, worldview uh, and believing in the infallibility of the word of God and, and his moral standards. Well, I've been around long enough to know, to have heard and seen that certain things that would never happen within the church or this country, they are happening and they have happened. 
because Christian people sit down and they do nothing. They think just going to church is what's going to connect him with Jesus and his standards. That is not what this is about. So I ask you, how much longer? What will we do when that time arrives if we have not pursued God or Christian community and if we are not teaching our children the pursuit of God, then what will they do when they are faced with opposition and trials and temptations? Because that'll be on you as parents and grandparents by not teaching your kids. Church, Jesus never asked for a meal. He didn't ask for a, a, a nice car, a 3,000 square foot home where he had a place to lay his head and when he got home from work to take a dip in the pool. He longs for a relationship. He craves for his church to hunger for the same and the only way that is going to happen is if we pursue him. We're not called to sit around and do nothing. Revelation 2 says this, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them to be false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have, and have not grown weary, yet I hold this against you. You have forgotten your first love. You've gotten distracted you're too busy. Church, Jesus is talking about being flat out in love with him. And if we are in love with him, we will pursue community, fellowship with one another, and most importantly, pursue God within that community. God invites us to be in relationship with him, and he won't allow any competition. You see, falling in love with God always means falling in love with people. And you will not fall in love with people unless you're in community with them. It won't happen. They, they want to be together and worship together. They devote themselves to that prayer and to the apostles' teaching. These are the blessings from God when we pursue community with one another and God. God expresses his love through our, through our love for one another so that the community of believers increase in all things good. That's what, that's what the book of Acts chapter 2 talks about. The church grew together in all things. And this is a beautiful picture of what the church should be. People who are cut to the heart of their own sinfulness, repenting and, and, and dying to self, receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, and becoming members of a true community of faith in God. In light of our vision, what is it again? What's our vision? I only heard this side did it. Let's say it together. Experiencing God transforming lives. I'm going to ask you this next week, so know it, okay? And, and, and even our core values here, it is important that we understand the purpose of the church in God's plan. Too often, church has been a, a way for people to avoid having any personal relationship with Jesus. I know that doesn't make any sense, but they think that just going to a certain church uh, uh, is fulfilling what God desires. Going to a church or, or, or following a certain religious movement doesn't make your relationship with Christ or with other people a personal one. Seeing the church from the perspective of God's love for us it gives us a completely different uh, a picture here. God has created us to have a relationship with, with him. He has pursued us, and now it's time for the church to pursue him alongside of others. 
And we have to avoid, you know, this, this, uh, any, this lone, ranger, lone ranger approach to, to the Christian life because all spiritual disciplines in the Bible point us towards, move us towards pursuing relationships with other people. In Colossians, Paul says that Christ in the flesh was a fullness of deity in human form. And so we receive the fullness when we pursue and surrender to him. It is the power of God that raises us from the dead and makes Satan, who would like to destroy us, it makes him powerless. That's what Paul describes happening after our individual baptisms, us being resurrected in Jesus Christ. That, and then it moves us from an individual relationship into a, a relational thing with one another. That's how important this is. We, we, we are to put death, put to death those things which destroy a community and put on the new self where there is no longer any kind of distinctions based on the flesh. That's why Paul says if you're going to boast, you boast in the Lord, not what you do individually, but in the Lord. We, we are all made new in Christ. We are now part of a community whose members uh, re relate to one another in an entirely different way. We are to be longing and using, uh, we are no longer to be using one another for personal gain, but for the building up of the body of Christ. Those that do this have clothed themselves with Christ, as Paul would say. They dress themselves with his compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and forgiveness and love found in Galatians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 3. And we can enjoy and demonstrate these wonderful character traits of God only in community or the pursuit of. Jesus said the entire law consists of loving God with all of your heart, soul, and mind and loving one another. Loving one another. That love creates communities where the peace of Christ rules, where the word of Christ lives among us, and where, where there are continual songs of praise and words of encouragement to one another. And, and, and a church body where everybody is doing, is, everything done in the body of Christ is done for the glory and honor of Christ. We are each members of the same body, working under the same direction of the head of the church, which happens to be Christ, found in Ephesians chapter 4. And that, that chapter there gives us a complete picture of the church in action. Christ gave uh, gifts of leadership in order to equip individuals, individual members of the body of Christ for works of service. And so that each person comes to the, the, the measure of the full stature uh, of, of Christ Jesus. We are to serve one another. And by serving one another, you have to be around one another. So, and this happens so that false teachings or conflict won't knock us off track or distract us. And Satan has won many victories in the body of Christ across this land over the last few years. And he's smiling all his, way, all his whole way to hell. And God's like, really? You guys know better. This growth happens because every part is sharing in the work that needs to be done to advance the gospel. A growing body builds itself up in love. Love for God and love for one another are the marks of a real community of faith. That's why we are encouraging you to take the next steps after experiencing God, right? And if you have not received one, all the tables out there, pick up one of these booklets. It talks about our core value, our vision. They also have magnets out there you can put on your refrigerator so you don't forget on your office refrigerators, whatever you have, so it's right in front of you at all times. About devoting daily and pursuing community, and guiding biblically, and living transparently, and engaging missionally, those are the things that help bring about real transfer transformation in, in our lives. 
Those are just little spiritual disciplines that help us on our journey. This was not some dumb idea that Paul came up with on his own because he expected the church to function this way. And if we, if we are to show that Christian community is an expression of God's love, we have to in turn uh, move away from our tendencies to minimize or complain about being part of a church body. Because we, we've been given the job of growing the church. We, we, we express our love for him by loving those who join us on this journey of faith. And you can read that in 1 John chapter 4. The Hebrew writer was very adamant about not neglecting community or church or fellowship. Found in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. Do not neglect this. When we disengage from Christian community, what typically follows is a disconnect from other spiritual disciplines leading to discouragement and resentment and idleness. And so we all need the encouragement to live a life of service and joy and faithfulness and that happens only by developing a relationship with Christ, with God, and those who would join that journey with us. That's how the church grows. This is what the pursuit of community will do for the body of Christ as a whole. Each person has a, a purpose in that body, creating a deeper hunger for relationships. And the icing on the cake, or the final test, if you will, uh, of real Christian community is the love that we have for one another no matter what. Ephesians 4, John chapter 13. You see, the body of Christ talked about in the New Testament reflects a joyful gathering for, for praising God for who he is and what he's doing and has done through each one of us through Jesus Christ. Try, and trying to figure out exactly you know, the right method or the structure that would please God is to miss the point of the church. He, he is not a God who needs us, but he is a God who wants us. Psalm 50. We're the ones that need him. And, and Christian community helps us stay focused on sharing Christ with other people. And that's what brings you a lot of joy, seeing the transformed lives. That, 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 is, that is a beautiful picture of a body that has been transformed and strengthened by their encounter with the Lord. And that transformation spreads like wildfire when we pursue community with others in Christ Jesus, lifting him up and not ourselves. I, I believe that if we could see uh, if we would see that our pursuit of community is a way for us to, to worship together and to study the word of God together, to share life-changing stories together, an opportunity to express uh, the sincere love to the one true living God that transforms lives. It's, it's, it's these kinds of relationships with others who love him just as much as we do that, that, begins, that helps make a, a serious movement in our world, maybe another revival, a great awakening, whatever it is, we need it in this country. In the Christian community church, each believer had a song or a, a, you know, a lesson, a message, a revelation, or a tongue. And yet Paul suggested that we, that we control this excitement so that it would be encouraging and meaningful to everybody who sees and hears, 1 Corinthians 14. Paul's response here was not so much about you know, proper structure or order or parts of a community and worship, but the, the, but the results, the transformation, so that everyone can be built up and encouraged. That's what the church community does for one another. Paul is attempting 
to lead the church away from thinking or, or even these activities that promote individual spirituality and, and, and do not build at all any kind of community. He, he is concerned that believers would, or unbelievers would see all the activity taking place in a church and every individual talent that's out there, they're doing it for their own glory, for whatever reasons, and, and they're not seeing what really needs to be happening within a church and they get discouraged and they think that these Christians are a bunch of crazy people. Because nobody is unified in presenting the message of Jesus Christ. Because we all want our own way. I want what I want when I want it, and if I don't get it. But if unbelievers heard and saw things within the Christian community that were clearly from God, and actually saw the changed lives demonstrated through love and appreciation for one another, they would be drawn to Jesus. Jesus said, when men lift me up, I will draw, I will draw them to myself. But if we're about just lifting ourselves up, bad things happen. And I think that speaks to a bigger question about pursuing community. Is the community convicting us of our own sins and transforming our lives by the power of God, or is it just a time for us to sit around and grumble? If our time of worship and our study and our prayer and our transparency within the community that we're part of has left us unchanged, if, if what we do in community, church, Wednesday nights, community groups, Sunday school, student ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry does not affect our lives the rest of the week for the glory of God and the building up of the body of Christ, is our faith useless or dead as James talks about in his letter? One of the, the blessings of being in community is, that, is, is Christian friendships. Real friends and real love communicate real truth even if it's scary and painful. We, we don't have to resent one another if, if truth is spoken in love. In fact, Solomon even writes in Proverbs 18, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Somebody who's willing to tell you what's real, what's right and wrong, because we're not allowed to do that in the world anymore. The purpose of community is to bring individuals to their full potential as mature believers in the kingdom of God. Old illustration, maybe you guys have heard this, but when the Greek warrior Odysseus uh, went off to fight in the Trojan War, uh, he, he left his young son, uh, Timelchus, in, in care of a trusted guardian named Mentor. And the, the siege of Troy lasted uh, over 10 years, and it took Odysseus another 10 years to get, to get back home. And when he arrived home, his son had already grown into a man of great wisdom, strength, and courage, thanks to the teaching and training of mentor. And mentoring refer, refers to the teaching of life skills through principles that are taught in community of some kind. And another word that could be used is discipling. In discipling or mentoring, we walk through life with others so that they can gain the skills and the wisdom of a collective body, and then you move from having a mentor to becoming a mentor. This is precisely what the scriptures are all about. It's, it's the beauty of true spiritual friendship within that community. They, they, those people, in turn, will, will become a mentor to somebody else. They disciple people into a relationship with Christ. And there is no greater example of serving and, and community than the life-changing encounter that is told in John chapter 13. And you can go home and read this. Jesus wanted more than anything else for his disciples to know the nature of his coming. And that was to, to save his people from their sins and to serve. And that's why Mary and Martha provided community. They wanted to learn this stuff. 
They were so excited about Jesus being there. Jesus knew his time was short. He had come from the Father, and he was about to, to, he was about to die, and, and he took all the power given to him by God, and he showed the world how much and willing he was, willing, he was ready, to, ready to serve and, and love. And so he took off his robe, and he humbled himself in the lowest of ways, and he went around a table and washed the disciples' feet, every one of them. And when he was finished, he wanted to make sure uh, that all who call themselves his disciples, that would include us, to understand the nature of his actions. And so he says this in the scripture. Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. That is what I am. Now I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example, uh, given you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, no, uh, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And now that you know these things, you will be blessed to do them. And this goes across every principle, every spiritual discipline God has asked us to do. Our father, our mentor, taught, taught us how to do this. He did it himself, and he's asking us to do the same. If God so loved us that he sent his son to show us what real spiritual uh, change looks like, church, we, we can't miss this. We show our love for God through our willingness to pursue this community he talks about and by serving and loving other people. Unless we think that we're greater than our mentor, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we need to be thankful that he has given us the privilege, the opportunity to serve and to teach anyone that God has placed in our life's path. Don't neglect the opportunities. Paul says make the most of every opportunity to advance the gospel. We must not miss the point that falling in love with God means falling in and learning to love others no matter what. No matter what. God loved you in your sin. Why are we not loving people in their sin? We don't have to agree what their lifestyles are, what they're doing, but we can continue to love and respect them. We can meet their needs because God met our needs. Uh, we, we willingly you know, give our, our lives to, to our brothers and sisters in community, in service, in study, in prayer, and in worship with one another. They're, 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 this is where we find the blessings of spiritual strength and encouragement within the body of Christ. Again, the scripture that goes with this core value is John chapter 13, a new command I give you. And remember, this is right out of the mouth of Jesus. A new command I give you, uh, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, by your love for one another, the rest of the world is going to know that you are truly my disciples. And if you want to be called and you want to be identified as a true follower of Jesus Christ, then learn to love as God loved. Learn to pursue community with others so that you can get a grasp on what this love is all about. And not just in the good times. It's kind of like a marriage. If you, if you look through the scriptures, Paul talks about we're the bride and, and, and Christ is the groom. And we, we're talking about family, a relationship with one another, brothers and sisters in Christ. In the good times and bad times, in health and in sickness. Church, we cannot claim to love one another if we do not pursue community. That is how the church individually and collectively grows. That is how we can accomplish the mission that Jesus has for his church. And when that happens, you will be prepared for the next uh, uh, step that we're going to go through next week is guiding, guiding biblically. 
Our, on our website, northliberty.cc, we have an opportunity for you to join uh, us by signing up for community groups or just seeing what's going on with the church. If you want to get signed up and you don't know how to navigate through all that stuff, just get a hold of Jody. He is the interim uh, guy for community groups right now. Uh, and if you want to be part of a ministry team, I'm the interim guy for that right now. But this is important to accomplish our mission of experiencing God and transforming lives. That's, this is how this stuff happens. And so I'm encouraging the body of Christ here, those of you who are listening here, physically here in a church building right now, those of you who are listening on, online, you need to pray about it. You need to be patient about it. And don't think that you're above any of this stuff. And don't think that the church is trying to force this on anybody. This is what God has called the church to do. We want you to pursue it. We want you to have passion for it and the desire for it. Because you're going to be able to accomplish a whole lot more than the paid staff. Because you have Christian friend, or non-Christian friends out there that we don't have anymore. Our community is a community of believers for the most part. You have more access to people who need to hear about Jesus than we do. And you have a great responsibility. So I'm encouraging you to pursue it. To love God and love people. For those of you who are outside of Christ, you know, we always have that invitation 24-7. Don't ever neglect the Holy Spirit moving in your life. Uh, we're going to stand right now for some worship and just make sure you're worshiping with a heart that God needs from you. If you found value in this message, then we want to encourage you to subscribe to this channel. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, then please share it with them. NLCC has another podcast called The Other Six where we discuss what it looks like to have an everyday faith on the other six days of the week. You can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts or there's a video version on our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening in and participating with us. We look forward to doing this again with you next week.